I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life Changing Wellness Episode 64. Today, we talk about trickle down stress or parents spiking anxiety in children. This is going to be one life changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life Changing Wellness. Life Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Life Changing Wellness. And before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate it five stars, review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest today is Dr. Mark Minolacino, the medical director of the Mino Clinic Center for Functional Medicine in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and also serves as chief medical officer of Genexa. Dr. Minolacino is one of the few physicians whose medical knowledge is complemented by advanced training and clinical experience in nutrition, naturopathic medicine, Chinese medicine and acupuncture, Ayurvedic medicine, and homeopathy. Dr. Minolacino is a highly sought-after lecturer for medical doctors internationally and consults with leaders at specific clinics worldwide to improve their programs. And in his practice, he provides in-depth and personalized consultation to best assess each individual patient's health concerns. His unique programs for optimal wellness are based on integrating all of his collective knowledge for a holistic and individualized wellness plan for an international clientele who frequent his clinic. Today, we talk about trickle-down stress, or parents spiking anxiety in their children. Welcome to the show, Dr. Menelisino. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Well, let's just kind of kick this off here. What are some of the factors contributing to the increase of stress in American families today? Well, things are different for kids. It's just harder to be a kid than ever before. And the National Institutes of Health tells us that one in eight children suffers from some form of anxiety, and that's just too high. The child's nervous system, they just can't handle this fast-paced culture that we live in today. It's playing a big role in this spike of anxiety in children. Well, what are some of the signs and symptoms that uh, maybe our children may be uh, showing signs of stress, and uh, are these similar to uh, what adults are feeling? Well, that's a great question, and what we see for kids is that they aren't able to express and vocalize a lot of what they feel. So sometimes we'll see it more in their behaviors and their symptoms. They'll complain of stomach aches, they'll complain of muscle or joint aches, they'll have a different change in their sleep patterns, they may have uh, difficulty focusing, maybe irritability. So you'll see these physical symptoms in the body before they're able to express their emotional feelings. Well, do you find that, uh, let's say a, a parent starts noticing some of these signs, you know, maybe they're getting a stomach ache, they're, they're showing unusual signs of uh, pain in their joints or muscles, and they take them to their general practitioner, and do you see that, uh, in, and I'm going to say hypothetical general terms, that in many cases, these children are misdiagnosed of having a condition that they don't have when it's actually just symptoms of stress in the household? I think well, there's a lot of that in both children and adults, and it's it's uh, easier for physicians to use a medication than it is to sit down, talk with families about some holistic ideas about helping their children, and that's where I like to start. My first thing I like to do is sit down with a family and get out a whiteboard, or you can even do it on a piece of paper, list all the children's names, and write down what they're doing. List all the activities. It's amazing what our kids are doing on a daily basis. 
before school, during school, after school, in the in the evening, sports groups, dance classes, math groups, key clubs. There are so many activities. We're over-scheduling our kids. So we just need to pump the brakes, take a look at that schedule. And I encourage families to pick one thing and take it out and turn that time into family downtime, non-plugged in, no electronics, preferably something you do outside exercise-wise with the family, really taking that over-scheduled lifestyle, pull one thing out of it, and make it a downtime for the kids and for the family. It's a real great, easy thing to do. You know, it's amazing because I see that so many kids today, either they're in households where, like you had said, they have so many activities. And, and, I'm, and it's the activities right outside of school. I mean, it could be baseball practice, football, little league. Like you said, it could be dance classes and tea clubs. And the list goes on. And sometimes you feel that it's the parents getting them involved in these things, or is it the children that want to be that much involved? You know, in my day, we went outside and played. We did, There was no such thing as personal computers, cell phones, electronic gadgets. We didn't know what Wi-Fi was. We walked outside and right. used our brain to create our own type of games and you know, lived outside in nature in a way and uh, played with all our friends. That's how, how it was. But today, it's a whole different story. Well, you know, it's a real double-edged sword because, thank goodness, we have all these opportunities for our kids today. But what happens for many of us and for many of our kids is that we just get overscheduled. Our lives are busy. Our kids' lives are busy. And we just don't have that downtime that I mentioned. The other thing that we see is that, you know, kids take their cues from their parents. How we handle personal stress, work stress, financial stress, family stress, there's a trickle-down effect to the kids. They see our coping mechanisms. They see our behavioral patterns. And so it's really modeling behavior for our kids. Take a look at ourselves, our stresses, how we're coping with them, how we're overscheduling, and then do that with the kids and try to find a way to get, again, that family downtime. And as you mentioned, it's really this unplugged time. They say that two hours a day is, is okay for television for kids, and I think that's probably an hour and a half too much. <laughs> so I think Yeah, I agree, just, I agree using, with you there. We're using electronics as a babysitter as well, and, and I think we just really have to get back to that play time, that fun family time, and just really help to model behavior. And as I mentioned, pump the brakes, look at our own behavior, and know that it's trickling down to the kids. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that we're that uh, a lot of kids are missing is actually using uh, their natural uh, creativity. You know, I believe in kids going outside and playing. Um, it's amazing how much exercise can improve brain health and lower stress. Uh, and you mentioned something about the way adults react to stress, and especially if they're reacting to stress or they're bringing the stresses of work home, uh, and the reactions, the kids can see the reactions, and the kids start to model those reactions, and then you end up with a dysfunctional household. Um, Why is this so dangerous to children in the long term? Well, you know, when parents are stressed, we see that trickle-down effect to their children. And this intersection between environmental and parental stress This may be a big contributor to this skyrocketing case of anxiety, stress in kids, and these other mood disorders. And one thing I think we have to look at is to not over-medicate kids, to not go right to medications, but also not to use the wrong one. There is so much toxicity in our world, in our food, in our water, and in our medications and supplements. 
you really need to look at what you're giving your kids. And I always like to start holistically. Start with this downtime. Look at food as medicine. Get some bananas for their potassium, some avocados, magnesium. Help give those kids those stress-reducing nutrients. It's now easy to be a parent for snacks because they package the little carrots and the little celeries with little nut butter packs. So you get that stress-relieving crunch of the food, and you can throw a little nut butter on there to get the protein and fats that are good for the kids to reduce that blood sugar spike. So it's really looking at the behavioral changes, the family changes, but also looking nutritionally. How do we provide our kids with healthy, clean food? One of the things I reach for, and I'm fortunate to serve as the CMO for Genexa Pharmaceuticals, they develop these clean, inactive medications. So the active ingredient is what is the powerful part of a medication that's beneficial, but it's the other things that are in it. And I encourage everybody listening to go to your medicine cabinet and look what you have in there. Look at the other ingredients in your vitamins and your medications, and you'll be shocked to see things you can't pronounce, a lot of phthalates, parabens, dyes, preservatives, a lot of things that just shouldn't be there. And these chemicals can definitely intersect with these environmental stresses to cause toxic stress on the kids and change behavior and make them more vulnerable to stress and to anxiety and mood disorders. Yeah, that is something that is completely overlooked. And I loved your suggestion on uh, the healthy foods, the healthy snacks. And and I noticed that as you were listing some of those foods, uh, you were really implementing a lot of healthy fats. And those types of foods really seem to bring a... uh, well, they can be very anti-inflammatory uh, to the system, yeah. uh, especially to the brain. And, and like you said, has a calming effect. And since our brain is 60 to 70% fat, by feeding it healthy fat, we can actually make ourselves seem more satisfied and calmer in the process. And that's very important for kids. Well, it really is. And I would never say this to my patients, but we're all fatheads. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our body needs the good fats. And fats have been gotten a bad rap in our culture. The real thing for kids is the blood sugar, and that's where the processed foods, the high sugary foods, that's where we really get into trouble. And so again, looking for carrots and and celery with the nut butters, looking at avocados, looking at these other ideas for kids that give them this blood sugar evening solution makes a real difference because the brain uses so much of the body sugar. We do need the good fats. And it's also things like the carrots and celery for that stress-crunching, that stress-reducing crunch of the the vegetables, giving kids this satisfaction of eating clean, good food. And again, as a parent, it's getting easier and easier for us to make those choices. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to ask you to give us a hypothetical uh, program, so to speak. Let's say... Uh, we have uh, when children get out of school and let's say that they're uh, uh, middle school, junior high, my day, we call it junior high, but uh, middle school to high school, they get out of school and they have other activities. But at the same time, they're also staring at homework to do. What is a good uh, timeline to really get it all done, but also kind of keep the stress level down and at the same time, making sure that they go to bed at a decent hour? Well, I think it's a challenge for all of us and and, uh, for our kids as well. One thing I like to encourage parents to do is, just like you may pack a lunch, is pack an afternoon snack. Right as their day ends, one of these healthy snacks that gets them, again, their blood sugar even, that gets them some nutritional value, 
that maybe helps with this stress-reducing crunch of the vegetables and such. But it also teaches good behavior patterns. It helps them to make good choices rather than have a sugary snack or a fast food snack right after school. That then sets up the whole rest of the afternoon up until dinner time. That keeps the brain sugar even, keeps their mood even. And then having this downtime. We all have challenges that we have to do with our schedule and with our responsibilities. And I'm not suggesting to ignore those or to not take advantage of the opportunities, but to find that balance. There's nothing better than a walk with your kids um, after school or after dinner. Find that time to make that connection to get out and move. And there's something magic about exercise. It's actually been proven more effective than mood medications in clinical trials. Kids that exercise five times a week had the same benefit as kids that took these high-power medications. And what I like to turn to are these safer medication alternatives like the homeopathics, the Genexa Calm Keeper, and Stress Relief. These are simple, small chewables up to, they're safe for kids three and over. But there are good alternatives in clean medications out there without having to go to the prescription pharmaceuticals. Yeah, don't you see, uh, and maybe not in your practice, but uh, you've probably seen this in others, where they over-medicate the kids, maybe with uh, ADD medication, anti-anxiety medication. Now a lot of children have been placed on antidepressants. And, you know, we're also seeing, you know, a very large increase in suicidal tendencies and even in suicide in those under the age of 18 and uh, could it simply be linked not just to the stress, but also due to the side effects of those uh, harsh medications? Well, the data is a little controversial. And for someone with self-harm thoughts, the medications make sense. As an MD, that's one thing I'll always do is be sure people are safe and protected. So uh, it's, when people do have self-harm thoughts, you definitely have to be serious about it. And it is a real scary problem in our country right now. I think there's a lot of kids that actually get medicated that may benefit from more lifestyle interventions. And that's where I like to espouse, go holistic first. Do some of these simple strategies with the downtime, with the nutrition. Look at food as medicine. Look at a healthy alternative in a uh, natural support like the Calm Keeper and Stress Relief. Look for something else before you go to the medication. The reality, sir, is that there has never been a clinical trial in kids with antidepressants. So we have a lot of children on these mood drugs. They've never really been studied. So it's a little bit of a, a wild, wild west out there still. There are some kids who need the meds. Uh, but I think, again, you need to really look at these holistic options first and foremost. And we see in our practice a lot of benefits by just doing some of these simple things, getting some downtime, getting some scheduled strategies where there's more family one-to-one time. And I like to tell my parents is to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk is make your lifestyle one as a model for your kids. Make good decisions, eat good food, take good care of yourself, get the exercise, find some relaxation techniques. Your kids will model that behavior. Just as the bad stress can trickle down to them, these good lifestyle habits will trickle down to them. We really are models for our kids. You know, I I love that. I had an interview just the other day uh, talking about how parents – are, you know, they have to set the example. They need to be the example. Our children, it doesn't matter if our children are still at home when they're 18, 19, or in their 20s. We have to continue to set the example 
because they continue to be that piece of clay that were born from us and we're responsible how we raise them. And, you know, I know a lot of parents have, there's a lot of laziness out there. I'm just going to say that. But uh, at the same time, you know, we have in America probably 50% of the households are one-parent households. And so it's either going to be most likely the mom is going to have to play, uh, you know, both sides of the coin of, of parenting and try to be that example. Of course, her life is going to be under double stress because she's trying to do everything by herself. Uh, but yeah, I completely agree with that. And and I speak this to all of the moms and dads out there listening to this program is just to be very, very mindful, just like the doctor is telling us, be very mindful of your your actions, your reactions. If your children are in the room, they will see that. They will be sponges forever when they are around you. And if they think it's okay for you to blow your top over something stupid, they're going to do the same thing. So if we can learn to walk in peace in every situation and not get rattled, but also be that example. And and, and I loved what you had said, uh, doctor, about, you know, even if we just take our kids around the block to just go for a short walk, go uh, to the park or uh, take your dog to the dog park and spend an hour together. There's that connection that that child will always remember. And for a lot of us or for a lot of children, that's the best medicine. Well, you, you have so many good thoughts there and good points. And, you know, I, my hat goes off to all the super moms and super dads out there. A friend of mine is Katie Wells, who runs the uh, wellness mama blog site. And, you know, the world's going to be saved by these parents that get together and share ideas and have more thoughts about how to be better parents, better people, and help our kids be raised in a better environment. There's a lot of great information out there. I encourage everyone, if you're not sure what to do, contact a friend, find someone like me, listen to these type of radio shows, get good ideas, and then please put them into action. Put them into action for yourselves, for your partner, for your kids. And together we can make this a healthier place. Yeah, I agree. You know, we've you know when we become parents, we're not giving a hand, we're not given a handbook. It's kind of like we're thrown out there with the <laughs> wolves and have to figure this out on our own. But like you said, there's all there's other people just like us. We've got to come together and realize that our children are the next generation, and we can raise up a, a great, peaceful, loving, uh, respectable uh, generation. Uh, for many years to come. And let me ask you this question too. Uh, how do you, or how do you suggest parents to choose the best over-the-counter medicines and nutrients for their children? Well, the first thing I would do is look at who's modeling the best behavior, and it is Genexa Pharmaceuticals. Go to Genexa.com, G-E-N-E-X-A.com, and see what they're doing as far as their clean, alternative, inactive ingredients. It's really a big deal in our world today, these uh, inactive ingredients that are in medication, supplements, in our foods. I think the dyes that we see in a lot of fast food, processed food, really wreak havoc on the kid's uh, nervous system. And we know we had a school psychologist in the other day telling us how they have files on some kids not to give them yellows, not to give them reds, not to give them blues. Some kids are exquisitely sensitive to these chemicals. And our kids are just bombarded by chemicals. So the, the first thing you want to do is turn it over. Look at the other ingredients and look at what's in. At, what's in. Use Genexa as a model. Their inactives are all organic, non-GMO, sustainably sourced. They're clean. And so you know if you're going to give your kid 
something that's going to help them, that you're not also giving them something that may hurt them. And that's one thing that I think we have to be super cautious of is the chemicals that are bombarding our kids today in the food, in the water, in the medication. So I think, you know, using these holistic strategies first always makes sense. Model the behavior as a parent for yourself, your partner, and your kids, and then use a holistic, clean, and active source first before you run to the doctor and get a prescription. I, I love that. Now, for children and, and teenagers, when I say children, I'm going to talk about all age groups here. Um, wh- when is the best time to remove uh, electronics out of their hands and in front of their eyes uh, prior to going to bed? Well, the, the the data is pretty clear that it's at least two hours. And, you know, in our house, we have a 6 p.m. rule. That's when everything goes off, including mine. And so if there is something about we haven't really touched on sleep, and sleep is that elusive beast for all of us, for ourselves, our partners, our kids. And if there's one way to really mess up your ability to fall asleep and the quality of, a, of your sleep is to get this blue light from laptops, from pads, from tablets, from the TV. So I really think the electronics are underappreciated for how much they wreak havoc in the restorative sleep that people get. And they just need to wind down. I think reading books is a lost art, and that's one thing I highly encourage every parent to do. Do it themselves, do it with their kids, encourage their kids to do it. It also brings up a lot of great things to talk about. That's one thing you can do in your downtime is, hey, how, and if you read the same thing together, then you're both, you're modeling that behavior. You're, you're taking care of four things at the same time, providing good talking points with each other, modeling great behavior, and connecting with your child. And that's probably the most important thing I could share today is find these ways to connect with your children. Because if you're connected, they'll talk with you, they'll share with you, you'll have better insight when they need you and when they start getting into trouble with some of these behavior and and stress concerns. Well, where can all of my listeners get more information on what we have discussed today and how can my audience connect with you? Well, one thing I would look at is Genexa.com, G-E-N-E-X-A.com. They have great information, not only on their products, but also on how to incorporate some of these lifestyle hints in their blog. Our clinic is Menno Clinic, M-E-N-O-C-L-I-N-I-C, MennoClinic.com. We also have a wealth of information there to help make life easier as a parent to help your children. Well, doctor, thank you so much for sharing all this information. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand that uh, our children will copy everything that we do. So let's keep the peace in the household. Let's watch our reactions, spend time, spend more time with our children because they will remember that for the rest of their lives. They're not going to remember what's on the screen of their smartphone or on their Xbox. They're going to remember the times that we spend with them, helping to mentor them listening to them, and helping them grow up to be great, peaceful, loving, respectful respectful adults. And again, Doctor, thank you so much for spending time on the show today. And thank you, Ward, for all the work you're doing. Uh, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on our other channels or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, 
please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. Also check out our daily television program airing nationwide, the Dr. Ward Bond Show. And again, thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. I am your host, Dr. Ward Bond. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.